you choir. That's the preacher's grandson. <laughs> Calls him all that trouble. But you know what? I was sitting there thinking, I know it's my grandson, and I'm probably more tolerant than anybody here. But I was thinking as a, he was doing that, some of my fondest memories were in church and different things that took place and things I did and I was probably a lot like him, just wound up and ready to go all the time. But I would rather have that than parents that would say, let's just stay at home because we're going to disturb the service or we're going to stay at home. It's too much to get our kids together. Bring them to church. We're not happy today. but (laughs) Uh, I know things need to be done decently in order and we need to teach our kids, but we can't teach our kids if they're not here. So uh, children don't bother me, people. But mothers, children don't bother me. Uh, I know they don't bother mothers. They're great in their eyes. But I want to talk to you a few minutes this morning about mothers, obviously on Mother's Day. And last week we had a beautiful service, a dedication service where Matt and Amber and brought their child and, and dedicated him to the Lord. And, and I use a, a scripture, probably one of my most favorite scriptures as far as uh, mothers and, and families and all the rest was 1 Samuel chapter 1. Well, I want to go back to 1 Ch- Samuel chapter 1 again this morning. Because uh, there's so much there. We, we learned from that last week that, that that's where we get uh, a lot of our ideas of baby dedication, of giving a child to the Lord, no, understanding that that child is a blessing from God and, and that uh, we want to give that child back to the Lord for His service and for His purpose. Well, there's also some other things that I wanted to look at, at the mother of Samuel, Hannah, and look at some of the things she did. About a mother, uh, I always liked Hannah. I, I like the name Hannah. I like uh, uh, the, the idea of the things that she did here. And, and uh, we just, I just want to look at a few of the, the things that she prayed and she looked at in 1 Samuel chapter 8. Now, just to give you an idea, 1 Samuel chapter 1, we'll look at verse 8 to start with. But up to this point, Hannah is married, and, and back in those days, you know, there was polygamy and there was other wives uh, to her husband, and uh, they were having children, but Hannah wasn't. And it, it, the other wives were, were sort of mean to Hannah and, and made fun of her because God, it says, God had shut up her womb. She couldn't have children. Well, it was always an ongoing thing there that... Uh, that uh, her husband loved her very much. It says there that if she divided up, he divided up portions to the wives and their children on certain times that, that he gave Hannah more because he loved Hannah so much. And um, so she, uh, she really struggled. She really wanted to have a son. She really wanted to give her son, husband a son, but she really most of all wanted to have a son that would serve the Lord. And I want to look at that in these, these, these next few scriptures for a few moments this morning. First uh, Samuel chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Then said Elkan, Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou, and why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? 
Am I not better than ten sons? Father, as we study your word this morning, Lord, I thank you for our mothers, for what they mean to us. Lord, I pray that you would raise up godly mothers to raise godly children. We thank you for this example of, of Hannah and Scripture, Lord, as we study it and look at it the next few minutes, I pray that you would just lead and guide us in, in all that I say. Lord, help us to understand the truths of your word and, and to be doers of that word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So as I said, Hannah was, was burdened. Uh, it says here as we read uh, or verse 8 here that she was weeping and she could, wouldn't eat and she was grieved. She was very sad that she couldn't have child. Uh, I know there's been many mothers like that just pray for, for children, want children desperately and, and couldn't have it. Uh, and then, uh, my, well, my daughter Tiffany was like that. The doctors, as I told you last week, told her she probably would never have a child. Well, she's working on her fourth now. So what do the doctors know? Uh, but as you look at Hannah's life here and the, and the things that was she going through, her, her husband was trying to console her, which, guys, we all know doesn't work, right? When a, when a mama gets in her mind what she thinks she needs, you might as well just go along with it because there's no consoling. There's no change in her mind. Am I the only one up here that thinks that? Right. Been there, done that. Uh, so this is what he's trying to do. He's trying to console his wife and say, am I not better than ten sons? Well, the answer, guys, that is no. She wants a son. Uh, she's grieved about it. She's burdened about it. She's praying about it. Uh, and, uh, and as you look at that, uh, she didn't look as a child as a burden. I want to just talk about that just a few minutes. Hannah had the right perspective. Uh, just this week, and I try to stay out of politics as I preach and all the rest. Just this week, y'all know that, that Governor Kemp signed a bill about the abortion thing after six weeks. All right, six weeks. If there's a heartbeat present, then they can't perform an abortion. What a milestone. That is awesome. That is great. When all the rest of there's other states and all the rest going well, way worse than that. But here on this week, right before Mother's Day, uh, Georgia passed a law that says if there's a heartbeat, you can't perform an abortion. I praise the Lord for that. Amen. I'm very thankful for that. And, and like I said, I try to stay out of politics, but there's been some that say, oh, we're leaving Georgia because the movie stars or whatever, because you pass that bill. Uh, I would say, can I help you pack your bags? Amen. Uh, you have messed up California. We don't want you messing up Georgia. I'm going to stay. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I am proud of that. You know, I wish there was no abortion at all. But we know in this day and time, that is a milestone for our, for our country and for our state. And, and, but I want to look at, percent, uh, Hannah had the right perspective. She wanted a child. She saw a child as a blessing from God. Uh, she was taught. She, uh, you know, she, obviously David wasn't around yet, so she didn't have the Psalms. But I'm sure it wasn't uh, far from her ears to hear that, lo, as David said in uh, Psalm 27.3, lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. 
Hannah understood to have a child was a blessing from God Almighty. It wasn't a burden. It was a blessing. In our society today, we've got women out here and that look at a child as a burden. How sad. That goes against nature, people. I don't care what you think or what you, God says. That's against nature. He tells us in Romans uh, uh, that how men and women are given over to their own selfishness of their own lustly desires. And, and that, that's not just talking about sexual immorality. That's talking about things that I want more than anything else. I want more than God wants. And God has put a desire in each and every woman, I believe, to have children. And to bear, or you know, if you don't have children, at least love children. I mean, I look at little uh, Victoria, turned six yesterday. You talk about little mama. I mean, she'll care and love any a doll, a lizard, a frog. It doesn't matter. Her mama instincts at six years old are kicking in to care for and to love and to know, and just cuddle things. That's going to be a mama right there. Leanna, she'll be a mama, but I'm a little different. We're all a little different. But Victoria just has such the motherly instincts to her. What a blessing to see that at the age of six. That's a God-given instinct. To go against that, I believe, is to go against God. To say that children are a burden and I don't want kids and I'll never do that and I believe it's selfishness because God put that natural instinct within you. And you might get mad at me all you want, but I sort of can back that up biblically. That's what, it's not a shame. It's not a second rate thing to be a mama, mamas. It is one of the most important things in this world. To have good mamas that will love children and bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh, today our society says if you're going to be a mama and stay home, you're a second rate citizen. I don't think so. I think if you're going to give up on the family and give up on that and go out and seek your own pleasures of this life, that's second rate. Amen. I know some mamas have to work. And I know I'm a little bit on my soapbox this morning. You're probably not going to like the preacher. But I believe that's what the Bible teaches. Women don't think that it's second rate to be a mama. There's nothing second rate about a good mama with the right perspective. And let's look at Hannah and, and her perspectives that she had. Uh, it wasn't a, a burden. It was a reward. We look at other women in Scripture. How about Sarah? How she wanted a child with Abraham. We have Rachel. We have Ruth. We have Elizabeth. All these were barren women and prayed and asked God for a child to have the right perspective. Uh, and these children, uh, uh, Hannah had Samuel, which became one of the last judges of Israel. He appointed the first king over Israel. He appointed King David over Israel, of who Jesus said his, of his kingdom will be no end. That, he will, that Jesus will establish his throne and David will be a, the king over Israel in the millennium. 
See, David's not through reigning yet. Yes, Jesus will be king of kings and lord of lords, but he's going to put David over Israel in the end times. This was all part of the, the, the mothers that would give and to teach their children. Great men of God who rose up. Great men who have done and women who have done great things by mamas who saw that it wasn't a burden or something that they didn't want but took the perspective that this is a blessing from God and I'm going to do my best with it. I think of all the, the great men, Billy Graham and 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 D.L. Moody and Charles Spurgeon and you know all the different men and women throughout history that have done great things. And it all started with a mama's love. It all started with a mama that would encourage and you know, Paula asked us yesterday, what do we want to do for songs? And I said, well, let's just have something cheery. Let's have something bright. And you think, well, we didn't sing any mother's songs this morning. Yeah, we did. Because I remember as a child that my mother would encourage me when I was down. She would give me something to be thankful for and something to cheer me up and to keep me going and encourage. That's the kind of songs I wanted to have this morning. Something that was encouraging to us. These are all things that mothers do. And, and uh, well, I got sidetracked, but my point was the right perspective, not a burden, but a reward. I've heard a preacher say before that we have pray and we march and we do all these great things and, and trying to find a cure for cancer or finding a cure for autism, finding a cure for, for Alzheimer's. We pray for all these are all terrible things we all fear and dread and, and we all have experienced it in one place or another. How do we know that the person that had the cure, we didn't abort them? Maybe God gave the person that would have that cure and that child was aborted. You ever thought about that? Woof, woof John the Baptist, Woof Elizabeth would say, oh, I don't want John the Baptist and abortion was legal back then. And she said, oh, well, I can't have it. What about Mary who said, oh, I'm not even married yet. I can't have a child. Let's go get an abortion. And would have aborted the Son of God. You ever thought about that? See, I don't believe in abortion at all. I believe God gives life. God says that the children are a blessing of the Lord. It's the fruit of the womb. And if God plants that there, God will bless it. It may be a terrible thing to you. It may be terrible at the time. But I believe God's got it for a purpose. Children are a blessing Hannah had this perspective that children were a blessing and not a burden. Well, look, look at what else uh, Hannah did. She, she began to pray for this child. 1 Samuel uh, uh, 1, 10 and 11. Look at what she prays. Uh, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Uh, she, it wasn't just a prayer. When's the last time you prayed over something or someone in tears? Hannah was just in tears, praying and asking, please give me a child. Please bless me that I can have a child. 
And then she went on and told the Lord, she said, uh, I vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child. Now, she didn't just pray for a child. She was specific about her prayer, right? I, it's not just a child. I want a man-child. I, I want a man. I, I want a little son. And listen to what she says. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall be no razor upon his head. You know what she was doing there? Lord, please give me a child. And I don't want just a child just for me. I want a child that will grow up, that will serve you and love you and tell others about you. See, she took a vow here. This razor upon his head is a Nazarite vow. You can read about it later. I don't have time now. Numbers chapter 6. Write that down in your notes there. Numbers chapter 6 talks about a Nazarite vow where uh, there was only a few children that were born with a Nazarite vow because of their parents. Samuel was one of them. Samson was another. From birth they were a Nazarite vow. And what that meant that this, this child was solely given to the Lord for his purpose. And they wouldn't cut his hair. Remember Samson, his strength was in his hair. That was because he had a Nazarite vow. Uh, Samuel had a Nazarite vow. His purpose, God, is for your glory. You can read about it in Numbers chapter 6. But this is what Hannah is saying here. Lord, if you'll give me a child, not only will I just dedicate him back to you, but Lord, I'll never cut his hair. I'll take the Nazarite vow for him that he lived the remainder of his days worshiping and serving you. This was Hannah's prayer even before her child was born. Uh, uh, she she prayed this. I, I don't believe she stopped there. If you look in uh, Samuel chapter 2 and look at the prayer of Hannah, how she acknowledges who God is and, and how that, that God will reign. And all, Hannah knew who Yahweh was. And she wanted, to, she wanted to serve him. And not only did she want to serve him, she wanted to have a child that would serve him. What a mother, Right? that would be willing to, to give that, pray for that, but Lord, I'm giving him to you to serve you. I believe there's no greater power than a mother's prayer. Now, I've experienced this, people, and I know this will come to a shock to you, but I wanted to do some things that were wrong when I was a kid. I know. This is a shock to Robin when I told her to. But I remember as a child, boy, I'd get into all kinds of things. And as I grew up to a teenager, I got into more things. I wanted to go and do my own thing. I wanted to, to do what I thought was fun and what I thought was right in my eyes. And you know what? There were times when, when me and my buddies got together, and we weren't even of age yet. Now, kids, you, you just be quiet. Don't, don't just cover your ears. But I probably wasn't 15 or 16 years old, and we found a case of beer. And we were going to drink that whole case of beer. We'd set up the time, where, when, how, everything. Boom, all of our plans came crashing down. I never got one of them beers. I was so discouraged. I was so disappointed. I was mad because I was going to be cool and drink beer. 
There was other time, many other times that I thought, and me and my buddies, and we schemed, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And the plans fell through. I'm like, what in the world? Can I not have any fun? Can I not do anything right? Well, the fact was I was trying to do something wrong. And the thing that I didn't know till years later, see, my mom and dad were in the ministry. So being in the ministry and they were at church a lot and working and doing a lot of things, that meant I had a lot of free time. Mom and daddy were busy. And I remember my mama told me probably when I was about 30 years old, she just was sort of talking to me. She said, I know we didn't spend all the time we should with you because we were really busy at church. And, you know, your dad was going off and singing and revivals and doing different things. And we were so busy at church. And she was almost apologizing to me for not spending the time with me as a child. She said, but Kenny, I want you to know something. I prayed for you every day. Every day. I prayed that God would keep you. I prayed that God would protect you. I prayed that God would lead you in the paths of righteousness. I prayed God would make sure you were doing what you were supposed to be doing. You know, all them times I got mad and discouraged. I thought, so you're the reason I couldn't do it. A mama's prayer. You're, it's your fault I couldn't have fun as a teenager. But now looking back on it, I'm so glad I didn't have that fun. I'm so glad. there was. I, I, my, my, when I got into the fire department, I'm just sort of sharing with you, uh, some of the other guys. Say, you haven't ever done this? You haven't ever done that? No. So where have you been? Your mom and daddy keep you locked up in a closet? All no, I was free to go do what I want. But I had a mama praying for me that God would keep me and protect me. And he did. He answered my mama's prayer. Not just before I was born, after I was born. And all my, I believe my mama still prays for me today. She tells me that. I pray for you every Sunday, Kenny. I don't know if it's because she's getting older. Maybe the prayers aren't as effective anymore. I don't know. She said, no, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> I'm being funny. But see, my mama prays for me. Hannah prayed for Samuel before he was born. I believe she prayed for him after he was born. And I believe there was many days that she would think about Samuel being in the temple serving God under Eli, that she would pray for him. As Eli passed on and Samuel became the judge of Israel, I believe Hannah was over in the corner praying for her child. Mama, one of the best things you can ever do, one of the most powerful things you can ever do is pray for your child. You might not can be there every second of the day. You're not going to be able to be there. Now, trust me, I know. If mamas, if you don't know this, a little boy is going to do what a little boy is going to do, and he's going to get in trouble. And he could get in a lot of trouble if he doesn't have a good mama praying for him. And parents praying for him. Because they, well, I'll just leave that alone. You know. Boys will be boys. Girls will be boys. I believe that's part of the problem in our country today is we, what? 
Girls will be girls, boys will be boys. Thank you for correcting that for me, Robin. All right, I was trying to look at my notes and talk at the same time. I guess I better quit. All right. So I remember those things. And I believe that, as I was saying, the prayer could probably be the one of the most power. It's probably the most powerful thing you can do for your children. Is to pray for their safety. Pray that God guide them and direct them. So, so Hannah had the right perspective about children. She prayed about her children. And not only did she have a prayer about her children, she had a purpose for her children. I want to ask you, mamas, have you ever had a purpose for your children? Now, each and every one of us want, to, want to, our children to grow up and be successful and, and, and look good and have good jobs and good wives, good husbands, bring us a lot of grandkids, big house, nice car. But is that the most important thing? See, it doesn't mean much. And when you look at all eternity, look at Samuel 1.11. I've read this to you before, the verse already, so I won't leave, read the whole verse. Then she says at the end of chapter, or verse 11, Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall be no razor upon his head. Not only did she pray for him, she had a purpose for him. That she purposed in her heart that, that God not only to, I don't want this child just for me. I know it's a blessing and I, I want this child so desperately and so bad. But God, I want it so bad so I can give you something that will serve you and love you all the days of his life. That was her purpose. Mamas, have you ever prayed that for your children? Daddies, I mean, I know this is Mother's Day, so we're focusing on mom. But daddies, this works for you too. What do you pray for your children? Do you pray that they'll get through college or high school or get good jobs? Have you ever prayed that God let them know you? Let them know you in the most intimate way they ever could. And Lord, as the more they know you, let them love you more that they will serve you all the days of their life. Now, I'm no great saint, but I, I messed, I, I lucked up and I prayed that prayer for my kids. It just seemed right the right things to do. Lord, I want them to be successful and I want them to do that, but I know, Lord, that all the success that this world can offer is nothing if they don't know you. So I first began to pray for each one of my children that first of all, Lord, that they would know you as their personal Savior. And Lord, after that, I want you to, I want you to build a relationship with them that they may learn to love you. Lord, help me be an example that they'll love you more, that they'll see some of Christ in me. And pray for your children that way. And pray that maybe God will raise them up to be Sunday school teachers or deacons or preachers or missionaries. Or maybe just a CEO of the company that runs the company in a godly fashion. Maybe like Truett Cathy. He wasn't a great preacher. He was a great speaker. 
But look at the business that he built. And he based it on honoring God. We're not going to be open on Sundays. He, that was just part of what he built Chick-fil-A on. But do you think he had a mama that prayed for him that he would do that? That he had parents that brought him up to know and to love the Lord? And then that showed just at Chick-fil-A. So I'm not saying you have to be a great preacher. God can use you anywhere. And what great things Truett Cathy has done and, and helping uh, orphanages and, and different things all around the world. But the example and the testimony that he gives that our company will honor the Lord our God, no matter what. I believe he had a mama that prayed for him and that brought him up and probably had a purpose for him that, that he wouldn't just be successful and rich and smart and happy or even the President of the United States, but that he would know God and love God and serve Him. I believe this is what Hannah prayed for Samuel. Parents, if you want to know, or mamas, parents, I think they would go for either one. I think the, a model prayer, Paul gives us one. And you almost can hear the Apostle Paul as he's talking to the church at Ephesus. And he considers them, we, we know as he talked to Timothy, my son. It wasn't his physical son, but a son uh, in, the, in the body of Christ that he had taught Timothy and raised him up how to be a young preacher but he felt that way about all the churches that they were his part of his uh, uh, he was never married so maybe they were like little children he would say my little children I write unto you he looked at them more just church members but they were his precious flock and in Ephesians three fourteen, he gives us a good model prayer to pray for our children he says, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus. He recognized that from God all things come, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would listen to what he says for him, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with the might of the spirit of the inner man. Wow. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you would be saved. That the Holy Spirit would reveal that to you. That you be rooted and grounded in love. And may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height. And to know the love of Christ with past his knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. What a prayer. You want to model a, a good model for a prayer to pray for your child, mamas? Go to Ephesians there. Study what Paul was actually saying to them, that they may know the love of Christ, that God would bless you with the riches of his glory. What a prayer he paid for the Ephesians. But I think it's a good prayer for us as mamas, or for the mamas and for the daddies to pray for their children. And not only did, did she have a purpose for Samuel, 
She, she had the right perspective. She prayed. She had a purpose for Samuel, but she had a plan for Samuel that, that worked. It's the first Samuel 1, look at 27 through 28. It says that after she had prayed for Samuel and she purposed in her heart what she would do and, and all the rest, look what it said, for this child I prayed. She's talking to Eli, the prophet. The, the the priest and he she comes back to the temple if you, under, you remember Eli thinks she's drunk and she's lost her mind but she's just praying earnestly for a child and praying in her heart moving her lips but not saying anything so she he, Eli thought she was drunk oh no I'm not drunk Lord so then after about three years she comes back to the temple she sees Eli she's got little Samuel by the hand and she introduces herself back to, to Eli, and, he's, and this is what she says, For this child I prayed. She's talking to Eli. And the Lord hath given me my petition, which I ask of him. In other words, God answered my prayer. He gave me the child that I was asking for. When you thought I was drunk on the steps of the temple, and I was praying for this child, God heard my prayer. And he answered me and gave me this child. He said, therefore also have I lent him to the Lord. In other words, have I given him to the Lord. God is gracious enough to bless me with a child to get, answer my prayer. And I know it comes from him and I've just given him back to him. I've taught him all I can teach him. Uh, I've raised him up the best I know how. And um, I've lent him to the Lord as long as he liveth. He shall be lent to the Lord. The mama has given her child back to the Lord. And look what happens here. And he, Samuel, worshiped the Lord there. See, when a mama has the right perspective and prays for her children, and not only has purpose, but gives them purpose to love the Lord thy God, and, and, and teaches those children to, with that purpose, have a plan, there's always a good outcome when you put God in the center of it. See, uh, Samuel worshiped God all the days of his life. He did all that God had told him to do. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. But he served God in a great and mighty way. And it all began with a mama who prayed, a mama who was persistent in that prayer, to understand who had the right perspective about children. So God used Samuel to do great things in the nation of Israel. And it all began with a mama that prayed, who had a purpose and who had a plan. Mamas, do you have a purpose and a plan? Have you prayed for your Children, not, not just to be successful in this world. Have you taught them how to be successful for eternity? See, that's where we're missing out a lot. How to put God first in their lives. Are you, like Hannah, being that example to that child that there's nothing more important than God? He's first in my life. I want him to be first in your life, son daughter so it's not good enough just to I think to pray as my mama would pray for me and I didn't get to do the things I wanted to do God protected me 
But you know what? I had godly parents that were a very godly example to me of how I should walk and act. I knew better, but as a child, as a teenager, I just didn't have the ability. But after I went through that time, and I think they all go through that time, they'll come back if you got parents praying for them and leading by example. It's just a challenge to you today. Are you praying? What are you praying for your children? What kind of example, what kind of plan are you giving them? What kind of purpose are you giving your children, mamas? Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for godly mothers that, that pray for their children and lead their children and take the time to, to bring their children to, to church, to, to read God's word to them, to encourage them, to, to sing. Lord, I've heard so many stories and testimonies of the mama who would pray and just sing gospel songs to them, just putting in the heart of these little children the love of God. Lord, we thank you and praise you for them. I pray for here, Lord, this morning there, there may be a mother that's just sitting there thinking, well, I haven't done all I should do. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you would give them the wisdom and direction to know to serve you and to love you and to, to raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We just thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, let us just be on our hearts that we be doers of that word this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.